What do these class of 2024 prospects have in common? Ian Moore, Jeremiah Smith, and Mylon Graham. They all have Ohio State on their mind. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday, October 27th in the year 2022. And today's episode of Locked On Buckeyes is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. During today's episode, we will be joined by Mr. John Garcia Jr. John is the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. He is also locked on football recruiting insider Ian Moore, Jeremiah Smith, Mylon Graham. They are all three really talented athletes, and they all have Ohio State on their mind. Ian Moore recently committed to Ohio State. He's from the state of Indiana. Jeremiah Smith, the top receiver in the class. He actually recently canceled a visit to the team up north. This conversation with John was recorded prior to that announcement of Smith canceling his visit to Ann Arbor. And then Mylon Graham, another Indiana kid, another elite receiver who might be committing to Ohio State as well. Three recruits. John is back. This is going to be an amazing show, and I'm glad you're tapped into Locked on Buckeyes on this Thursday. And as we welcome in once again John Garcia Jr. to the show, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. We had John Garcia Jr. on the show a week ago, and then literally the very next day, there was a commitment from a very large human being. 247 Sports has him listed at 6'5", 295 pounds. I have seen him listed at 6'6". He's a mammoth of a man. We already got Dylan Rayola in the class of 2024, and now there's an offensive lineman in this class as well. John, what can you tell us about Ian Moore's commitment to Ohio State? Well, as you said, Jay, this is uh, the beginning, the true foundation of, of what we assume is going to be a really strong Buckeye class in 2024, particularly on offense, right? When you kick it off with a Dylan Rayola, arguably the number one player and or quarterback in the class, you expect more offensive talent to begin to fill out. And Ian Moore makes sense both from a strategic, you know, presentation look big physical offensive lineman with tackle upside and then geographically right new palestine indiana midwestern kid naturally got to ohio state a couple of times this year for those big games most notably notre dame and that was kind of it right things kind of slowed down for him and and he told 24 7 hey i started comparing everything i was doing offers visits buzz relationships to osu so why not jump in with OSU. So uh, naturally a big get for the Buckeyes in the region. And again, positionally here, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, just huge, right? Six, five, six, six, 300 pounds or so a kid who plays right tackle. Most, uh, most recently on Friday nights, I, I took a look at, at some of his game samples from his junior season. And yeah, this is a high floor 
a tackle ceiling type prospect. You could probably move him inside if you needed to, depending on what the rest of the O-line group looks like by the time he gets to Columbus for good. Um, but there's just a really solid foundation in his game. Obviously, you can't teach the size that he already possesses. As a junior, you're talking 16, 17 years old, already that big. He's going to fill out even more by the time he actually you know, gets into the Big Ten for good. So uh, I really like this get, again, both regionally and positionally. And, and again, offensively, it just makes sense, right? We should start to expect a little bit more juice for Ohio State in, in that class, particularly on offense because the offensive reputation of the program is so darn strong and the foundation of the class already is, is getting going on that side of the ball. You mentioned the positions and the players on the offensive side of the ball that we might start to see commit here pretty, pretty soon. You already have your quarterback, one of the best guys, not just in his class, but I think of all recruits, Dylan Rayola's up there and he competes with some of the elites in 2023 as far as overall prospect and talent. But now you kind of have either right side tackle. He could move to left side in, in college. Not sure. But you kind of have your – you're solidifying the offensive line. And Ohio State is seeing this year how having a good offensive line coach can really assist and aid the development and being a good teacher there. I don't know because I've heard Justin Fry might be linked to uh, Indiana. If Indiana fires their coach, Justin Fry might end up being – the Indiana head coach next because that's where he did play his college ball. And Justin Fry is really instrumental in recruiting Ian Moore. So I really hope Ian Moore stays not only the size and the math, mass, but I do believe his ability to play right side and possibly left side at tackle. I assume they're going to keep him at, put him at tackle. I expect him to uh, put up some more weight on to gain some weight. And I think that him gaining weight will make him over an outside tackle more, more than an inside offensive guard. But he's just one of the pieces, many pieces, I do believe, as you said, that Ohio State will add offensively in this recruiting class. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, there's some positional flexibility here. I think that's really important when you're talking about bringing in offensive linemen. You know, um, injuries happen, schemes change, they're tweaked and updated. So the more you can do as an offensive lineman, the better off you're going to be at the next level. And, and again, at, at the floor perspective, more is a, a wide-stanced, leveraged power player. But what I like about his game thus far, Jay, he plays the right side, sure, but his offensive scheme in high school is very modern. Uh, it's a spread that one, they throw the ball a ton, they run the ball a ton, they move their linemen. You see him getting to the second level. You see him pulling. You see him reach blocking, leading screens, just as much as you see him pass setting and truly you know, giving ground in, in order to protect his quarterback. So you do get a nice balance when you watch Ian Moore on tape, it's why New Palestine is, you know, uh, one of those top schools um, in Indiana. Uh, I know off off camera you were talking about that. Hey, their, their expectation is always to go very, very far. And when you watch that offensive scheme, you, you start to understand why to a degree. So an offensive lineman coming up in that scheme for me has even more value because it's it's not a wing tee where you're coming downhill and chop blocking and just just run blocking every single play. And at that same token, it's not an air raid where you're pass setting every single time and you're not having to move laterally you're not having to get to the second level you're not having to get to the other side of a big time pass rusher ian doesn't have to worry about all those things he's already you know checked those boxes as a junior in high school so as he continues to enhance his technique maybe you know move a little bit more efficiently towards his target just the little things like that you're talking about again a true blue chip high floor offensive lineman that will have some positional versatility and, and if you are beginning to build an offensive line class, you probably want to start with with a versatile 
big physical prospect that you're not going to have to change a lot from a physical standpoint, just more tweak from a technical standpoint. I think most offensive line coaches would like to start there. For years, your boy has struggled with sweaty armpits. I'm not trying to gross you out. Just trying to be more transparent. This is the truth. I've had to change the clothes that I wear, the shirts I wear, the hoodies I wear to try to hide this issue. It's not fun to talk about, but I did in my search of trying to find a solution, find something that works. It's called Sweat Block. Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% on Sweatblock with promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at Sweatblock.com. We all love saving money, and here's how you can do it. Go to Sweatblock.com. Use the friendly promo code Locked On to save 20% on Sweatblock. Oh, yeah, Sweatblock is also available on Amazon. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. John, in the state of Indiana, there are a few schools that you expect to have deep tournament runs, win the state championship every single year. And I'm going to list three schools, two of them that already had Ohio State guys go there. One of the guys is in the NFL. Cathedral High School, a private school. Terry McLaurin went there. Uh, Central, Center Grove High School, Caden Curry, a freshman at Ohio State, went to Center Grove, won state a few times. And then now you got New Palestine, who is not one of the, <clears throat> not one of the larger schools, but they are still expected every year to win state. And their co head coach, Kyle Ralph, is one that is a guy who is a big component of working out and making sure your body is ready for the games. He puts an emphasis on the weight room. And I think that shows in Ian Moore, not just Ian Moore's film, but just the team in general. Right now this year, New Palestine, they're undefeated. Um, they're playing a game in a couple of days on Friday in the state tournament. And the expectation is for them to go undefeated and to win the state championship. That's just their expectation every year. And I like how Kyle Ralph has not only put an emphasis on the weight room, but he also puts an emphasis and pressure on the offensive linemen to do their job. And you said it so well. They do so many different things with their offensive linemen. And I think it's really telling that if you look at the rankings for the state, Ian Moore's up there no matter what recruiting database you look at. He's one of the top two, top one guys in the, in the state. And I think it goes to Kyle Ralph and the program that he has built. And Ian Moore has bought into everything the coach is doing and the coach is preaching. That's a big reason why he is successful on the field. Ian Moore and the team New Palestine is expected to win a state championship. Yeah, that all works together, right? And you'd rather recruit players from programs that kind of get it, right? You, you hear that word thrown out a lot, that phrase. D -d this guy gets it, right? You hear that a ton. And, and a program that has a good weight room situation – obviously plays more balanced offensively there's just a lot more expectation that comes with it and look 
let's not let's not lessen the word winning either, right? I mean, when you win, it's something that does translate. I, I heard uh, recently a college coach talk about just the intangibles that a winner brings to your program, independent of his position, his skill set, his work ethic, all that. Just that culture of winning is something that obviously Ohio State is used to. So naturally, you want to recruit players who are used to that in their own right. Uh, so obviously, this this uh, Ian Moore get checks a ton of those type boxes. Again, especially looking ahead in the class of 2024, I think this is a safe, high floor get uh, that will will pay dividends for OSU in the long term. Let's stick with the class of 2024. That's going to be our focus for the entire day today. Ian Moore's commitment came on the 20th last week, but then also there's another guy, and Ohio State has been really high on recruiting elite wide receivers over the past few years, not just at this recruiting class of 2023, uh, the current one with as those kids are about to get to signing day. It'll be some more commitments coming up really, really soon. But also just in general, Brian Hartland has done a good job of creating a factory at Ohio State of elite wide receiver talent and making them compete in the, every single practice. That's going to continue, I do believe, with Jeremiah Smith, six foot three, 185 pounds. That's a 247, has him listed at down in Miami. And not just being down in Miami, but from what I saw, it looks like Ohio State is battling with the Hurricanes for the commitment of Jeremiah Smith. John, what can you tell us about this young man? Well, he could be the best receiver in the class. I think even if if he was in the class of 2023, if he just bumped up tomorrow and, and all of a sudden reclassified, I think he would contend as one of the top few receivers in this class of 23. That's that's how good Jeremiah is already. Plays at Shaman Madonna, where obviously Ohio State has been able to pluck some pretty solid talent uh, last year with, with the DB. And, of course, Kenyatta Jackson there up front. Uh, so a program very familiar and friendly uh, to the Buckeyes. Broward County in general has been very friendly to the Buckeyes, right? You're talking about the Bosa brothers. Go way back to Benjamin Victor. I mean, there's a bunch of guys – from Broward that that have suited up uh, in the scarlet uh, and 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 gray. So I do think that Ohio State is at the forefront of this. I, I do want to make that clear. Um, Miami's the local school, uh, obviously new new leadership there, uh, a program that is trying to figure things out under a first year coach and Mario Cristobal. Probably hadn't gone the way a lot of folks in South Florida thought, um, but something that is not going to immediately detract recruits from potentially signing with the U um, and obviously task one for any coach at Miami is to keep local talent home, right? Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, elite football across the board. You keep those kids home, you get closer to what uh, we conventionally think of um, with Miami. But at that position, wide receiver, at that school, Ohio State, it is just different. It's just, we, we talk about it all the time. There's a couple of positions and a couple of schools that if they offer you at that position, you drop everything and you move them way up your list, right? Ohio State at wide receiver. I'd probably throw quarterback, running back, uh, DB in that conversation. Maybe pass rusher too. I mean, Ohio State's one of these that has uh, a claim to many positions, right? Um, it used to be LSU at defensive back, um, Alabama at running back. There's certain schools and certain positions that when that offer comes, it hits different. Um, and again, Jeremiah has been this big time kid since he was a freshman. So he's not a late bloomer. He's not a guy who's going to just get wowed by Ohio State there at the last minute. No, this is a long standing recruitment from day from Heartline from the whole crew. But again, the familiarity already between he and Ohio State is so darn strong. So this to me profiles like a you know, a, a personal decision 
or business decision, right? Do you stay home, play for the U, try to turn that thing around? Or do you, at your position, go to the school that has done it better than just about anyone else? I think Bama's probably the only comparable to Ohio State in, in, at the receiver spot. Do you just go do that? Um, he's been wearing the Ohio State decal all season. Same thing with Miami. It really does feel like it's down to these two schools. But Jeremiah does say that he's not close to ending the process. So that is something to keep an eye on. If, if he updates that timeline, I think that's the best news possible for Ohio State. But but look, you know, OSU is used to these big time battles. Um, I mean, just look at this year, right? Look at the receivers from the state of Florida on board with the Buckeyes. I think three of the four play ball in, in, in the state of Florida, including Brandon Ennis, who's about 15 minutes away from, from where Jeremiah Smith plays. They've played each other this year. They they play for the same seven-on-seven seven team, the South Florida Express, uh, along with Mark Fletcher, along with um, Cedric Hawkins, a bunch of Floridians who are headed up north to play for the Buckeyes. So, again, the familiarity here cannot be understated. It should not profile as, I'm so familiar with Miami, and then, oh, OSU is this amazing spot that I, I think I will like. Now, he already knows he likes it. He's already been up to Columbus this season, including that Notre Dame game that had every single big recruit, it felt like, on campus. So he visited with Ennis, with Carnell Tate, with Fletcher, with all these guys that are already locked in you know, to OSU. So again, it, that cannot be understated in this recruitment. And I would say the Buckeyes should be viewed as the favorite here, although that extended timeline is going to give Miami time to get their ducks in a row and figure things out with their pitch in terms of locking in why he should stay close to home as opposed to going to the the factory uh, of receiver production that is Ohio State. John, I saw that this young man, Jeremiah Smith, he was a regional qualifier in the 110 hurdles and 300 hurdles as a freshman. Now, I did not see if he is still running track to this day, his junior, which his junior year, sophomore year, junior year, if he's ran, ran track last year, if he's doing it this year, if he will, I don't know. But can you kind of talk, discuss how being a hurdler can assist you on the football field? Oh my gosh, right? It's it's a cadence, it's a rhythm, it's a route, right? Every step is calculated, everything is methodical when you run the hurdles, right? Um, and throw in the athleticism it takes to do it, right? Obviously, right, right. It's, it's however tall they are, you've got to get your hips all in sync there. And the long stride plays into it as well. Again, six foot three, as you talked about, is Jeremiah's build. So this is a calculated, explosive kid. You can't run the hurdles well without being both calculated, explosive, and probably relatively lengthy. And Jeremiah is all three of those things. Uh, he's a precision route runner on the football field. So that cadence, those steps, kind of that numbered system works on the football field as well. But no disrespect to track and field. This is a football player. This is a kid who tracks the ball about as well as anybody. He can win at the high point. He can catch it short and make guys miss and, and, and take it the distance from 75 yards out. He can do just about anything you would want a classic wide receiver one to do whether it's the modern age and and, and spread football or an old school eye formation this is still our boundary guy type of wide receiver he, he's sort of a a scheme versatile uh era versatile wide receiver he can do all those things but there's no doubt that that track experience absolutely helps with with that precision that polish that comes with being arguably the best receiver in the country. So uh, that's a very good point to bring up here. And again, the competition level, I think that's something that is always impressive. We talk about South Florida football, but 
running track in South Florida, which I did as a youth many, many pounds ago, is just as competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, elite speed everywhere you go, whether it's the hurdles, any of the sprints, right? The 110, 300 hurdles, the one, the two, the four, the relays, any of those events, you are getting true high-level competition on the track just like you're getting on the football field. And obviously there's, there's an overlap oftentimes with those skill position players in football running track. Uh, so all of that stuff is, is to be considered when you talk about Jeremiah Smith, because he's come up against the best and he's beaten the best year in, year out in two sports. So it, it should be no surprise that Ohio state is at the forefront of this thing. Billiards plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more, and the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top-of-the-line grill that will last for generations. We all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for Christmas, check out Billiards Plus and get there early this year. Pick something out and get it shipped in time for Christmas. It is a gift the whole family will enjoy year-round. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Ohasan, Canada, Billiards, and more. Plus, top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and LaGriddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously, these grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Check them out at billiards-plus.com. Once again, check them out at billiards-plus.com. Billiards Plus, family owned and operated for generations. He's also, a little note that I also saw as well about this young man, not so much athletic build or him running track. He's a cousin of Geno Smith. Do you know if they're close cousins, if they're closely connected and uh, what Geno Smith's role uh, in the family might be to uh, Jeremiah Smith? Well, when someone's gone through it at a high level, you obviously lean on them to a degree. And, and I think that's true with Jeremiah, with a lot of people around him, whether you talk about those recruits that are just a year older than him in the 23 class or guys like Gino and, and his family. Obviously, Gino was a big-time player in Broward County coming out. Um, you know, I think people forget when he committed to West Virginia, there was a whole lot of explosive expectation at that school from the quarterback position, and he certainly lived up to that uh, at, at WVU. So, yeah, he's been through the process, and obviously from a business standpoint and a professionalism standpoint, look – Gino's been through it, right? Early pick of the Jets. It never works out for quarterbacks there. No, and he has no, kind of stayed the course, right? And he has had this emergence, this reemergence, I should say, with the Seattle Seahawks this year, where he's he's been one of the surprises of of the NFL, you know, season. So uh, the perseverance, the business and professional like mentality that I think Gino has had to occupy over the last you know five years or so after his great runs at, at West Virginia, I think will be great advice uh, for Jeremiah. Um, I, to my understanding, they are connected. I'm not sure how consistently mm -hmm. they're in communication. Obviously, both pretty darn busy at, at this point as well. Um, but again, those around Jeremiah are very, very high in number. Uh, there's a lot of big-time recruits, players, mentors, all of that stuff uh, surrounding this kid. So again, you just expect those kids more times than not to to take that advice and, and again that's why i can consistently view right now ohio state as the team to beat here because professionally business like all of that it, it screams ohio state at, at the wide receiver position 
Last but not least, it's another kid from Indiana. Got a kid from New Pal, which is east of Indianapolis, who recently committed. We're going back to the state of Indiana from Florida at New Haven High, New Haven High School, which is near Fort Wayne, Indiana, northeastern portion of the state. It's Mylon Graham, another one of the top players in the state of Indiana, is linked to the Ohio State Buckeyes, sitting at six foot even, one hundred seventy pounds, according to two four seven sports. This one looks like it's a three-team race, at least right now from what I have seen, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama. What can you tell us about this race these three schools are battling with right now in the middle of to try to get the services of Mylon Graham? Yeah, obviously highly contested, right? When we're talking about Ohio State coveting a wide receiver, it's going to be a hotly contested recruitment, right? You're not going to be, no disrespect, you're not going to be battling, you know, uh, Kansas State or Purdue, you know, you're going to go against the big boys uh, when, when you talk about wide receivers at Ohio State because they truly covet the best. And, and what I love about OSU, and we've talked about this before, they trust their gut. Yeah. You know, yeah. Heartline, Day, all those offensive coaches, they trust their gut. When they see something they like, they go after it, regardless of reputation, regardless of who else is in it, regardless of all of those things, right? We see it this cycle with Bryson Rogers, Ohio State prioritized him before all those other schools did and it has worked out as everyone else kind of followed suit so with graham we're seeing something similar uh he went to ohio state's camp in the summer tore it up tore it up just absolutely put his name on the map boom first scholarship offer in his recruitment comes from osu imagine a wide receiver and your first offers from brian hartline usually right. it's not the case right uh so once that happened, as, as as the whole college football world trusts that evaluation, as you would expect, a lot of other people started checking out the tape of, of Mylon Graham and saying, dang, we should have been offered uh, this kid as well. And then all those other scholarship offers started to come in. So not only do you get the benefit of geography here, another Midwestern kid, as we talked about, but you're the first school to offer again at that position so he was in Columbus for camp to earn that offer, which always hits different in the recruiting process. And then you reciprocate that with two more trips to Columbus already this season, uh, including, again, that Notre Dame game. I think the Wisconsin game was the other trip that Graham took. And all of a sudden, you've built a lead here. And I think that's why there is considerable buzz for OSU in this race. Um, now, the question, two questions pop up, right? How soon is he going to do it? And are, is he going to take trips to those other programs, right? Uh, hadn't hadn't been able to check this morning on record. Has he been down to Bama? Has he been over to Notre Dame consistently? Obviously, he saw the Irish play against the Buckeyes uh, earlier uh, in September. But we know he's been to Columbus the most, especially since that scholarship offer came down. Three visits in the last four months up to OSU tells me that this is their race to lose. But the second question is the most important. When is he going to do it, right? If he starts to slow things down and say, hey, I'm going to commit now before the season, take advantage of this momentum since everyone is offering me now, I think Ohio State is clearly that program. And again, you think of Dylan Rayola verbally committed, which should have been said when we talked to Jeremiah Smith, that right, stuff right. matters. When you talk to these elite receivers, that stuff uh, hits different, right? I, I think um, these elite quarterbacks making their, their presence known with their schools helps to push some of the receivers along um expectedly because those are the, the players they're going to play with at that school so i think rayola being on board so publicly helps a ton he was of course also in camp on campus for those visits earlier this season as well which only helps uh, with, with peer recruiting in that regard uh so to me it, just, it really just feels like ohio state's race to lose at this point unless this is a long timeline right because on the flip side if you're Mylon graham you say hey 
I just started popping on the recruiting radar in the summer. Now we're in the early fall. I'm still, you know, putting up numbers in my junior season. And, and he's look dynamic, polished, route runner, explosive, more of a counter to a Jeremiah Smith who's longer, leaner, kind of that classic boundary wide receiver one. Now this is the guy you lined up next to him. He could play in the slot. You could hand him the ball in the jet sweep, built a little bit more like a Curtis Samuel as opposed to a uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., if that makes sense. So do you say, let me capitalize on this momentum and continue to take visits and continue to pick up scholarship offers and truly see you know, where the dust settles at the end of the year or maybe even into 2023? You know, th those are really the two schools of thought from a timeline perspective. But again, at that position, we keep saying it, at that position at OSU, you also know the clock is ticking because – how quickly did Ohio State fill up this year at wide receiver, right? Rodgers was on board pretty early. And then, what, Tate, Ennis, uh, and uh, Noel Rodgers jump on board three days in a row. Right, so right. Th the class is basically full at that point before the season even kicks off. So there is an element of securing your spot uh, at that position that has to be factored in by all of these players. You know, I, I don't see Ohio State saying no to Jeremiah Smith, if, even if he wants to wait till signing day. 2024 but with some of these other players especially more regionally like a Milan Graham I would imagine that timeline is going to be a little bit more accelerated especially with the awareness of hey they're going to bring in great receivers every single year and there's only so many spots so if you brought in four in 2023 that number might be smaller in 2024 it might be two or three so if you want one of those spots you might have to jump in the boat sooner rather than later so i'm curious to know those around graham how, how those conversations are going because i could see this thing accelerating relatively quickly because right now again it, it screams and leans ohio state in a big way John, it's always fun having you on. If you could, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and also where they can follow some of the recruiting stuff you guys have going on at Sports Illustrated. Yeah, another month is, is, is winding down, so we're going to update those class rankings here soon in the next week or so. Look for that at si.com slash college, and we're always talking college ball and recruiting on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Love having John on. Love having him just dump a whole bunch of information on us about all three of these players. Look to get John on again to discuss more recruits, maybe in the class of 2024, maybe 2023. You don't know. You got to wait to see when John comes on, who will talk about John. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Jay. Take care.